welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 164. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to a sleepy edition of Atari Bytes. I'm recording this on the Sunday that Daylight Savings Time ended. Rest in peace, Daylight Savings Time. And, uh, and yeah, it's just been the kind of morning of the time of year when you wake up and you're like, it's an hour later than I, than my clock says. What's that noise about? It's some sort of, uh, government conspiracy, clearly. Uh, kudos to, was it Florida recently that just, uh, announced, yeah, we're not going to do that. Um, I don't think it was Florida. I don't know. One of those states, one of those states other than the one I'm in, said, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're just going to keep our clocks the same. Um, I'm guessing that uh, productivity has shot up in that state because of all the time they didn't have to waste resetting their clocks. Well, the, one of the weirdest things, hardest things about daylight savings time when you have kids is twice a year you spend an inordinate amount of time explaining to your kids why you have to reset the clocks and kids just don't get it they think it's dumb um they think a lot of things are dumb that adults just sort of do like uh not sharing and racism and daily savings time right kids just don't get any of those things they're like well yeah i mean i'll play with anybody i don't care what they look like or where they're from and if I have, you know, 14 Snickers bars, of course I'm going to give some of those to my friend. Why wouldn't I? And Day of the Savings Time is like, well, just leave the clocks alone. This has been Things We Can Learn From Children with Bill. All right. Well, I hope things are going well for you. Somebody that things aren't going so well for? This guy. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship. Or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. I was actually lying about that. I don't know how things are going for Mad Mike. He may be doing great. Um, that was sort of a, a teaser to get you to stick around for the Mad Mike Hughes segment. I do remember seeing earlier in the week on his Twitter account, I think, a picture of him with the rocket green rocket that supposedly is going to get launched sometime. Uh, I have to confess here, I have not been as diligent on my social medias as I should have been this past week um, due to a top-secret project to be named later uh, that's been taking up a lot of my time. But uh, Mad Mike over the last week sort of sparked, thanks to Jim Fullerton, a bit of a Twitter discussion. Um, see if I can find it here. Actually, I think it was something that the Twitter account Rogue NASA posted, uh, and Jim retweeted to me. It's a a logo with uh, you know Starfield, and it just says "Not flat." We checked. Uh, Rogue NASA is a uh, an account not affiliated with NASA or government agencies of any kind. I don't know who runs it, but they uh, purport to post actual science about things. And Jim retweeted this thing, uh, you know, not flat, meaning the Earth, of course. We checked. 
a bunch of people commented on that uh, to the effect of, gee, I, I wish we could take pictures from space or even from the moon. Somebody should look into that. Uh, the joke being, of course, that many, many pictures of the Earth have been taken. And it's round, you know, spoiler. So yeah, so there's a little discussion uh, around our, uh, at least affiliated in some way, I think, with our, our Mad Mike Hughes updates, which is nice because up until now I've been kind of concerned that perhaps the Mad Mike thing is really only amusing me. Um, doesn't mean I'm going to stop doing it, but, uh, but, but it's nice to know that somebody else is listening. Um, let's see what's going on with Mad Mike. Well, I just discovered if you type in at Mad Mike Hughes on Twitter, you don't get much of anything. He's got, there is an account with that name on it, but the last posting was March 26, 2015. I think I wanted the Rocket Man account. You can hear Bug barking in the background. She's not excited about Mad Mike Hughes. She's uh, warning some sort of evil going on out in the neighborhood. All right. So two days ago, at This Is Rocket Man posted, uh, Mad Mike reflects on life during Rocket Man. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at This Is Rocket Man. Okay. Before that, there was a link to a short video on Instagram. This Is Rocket Man. Quote, throwing it back to Mad Mike Hughes and his landlord Waldo Stakes, testing the power of steam, which will be used to propel Mike into the sky in his homemade rocket. And the video is just somebody opening an, opening a valve and a bunch of, a bunch of steam shooting out. And then uh, the logo of Rocket Man coming soon. That's it. Ready? Oh, here we go. Riveting stuff, people. There's also a photo of Mad Mike posing with his rocket during a publicity shoot in Apple Valley, California. Nothing really new on the Mad Mike Hughes Facebook page. The Rocket Man Facebook page just has the same stuff that I just mentioned. I guess they're suggesting a launch is coming soon, but I'll be honest, I don't really buy it. But, you know, as always, keep watching the skies for a dude screaming because he's falling off the edge of the earth. Throw him a rope or something. All right, well, that's enough of that. Thus concludes this week's segment of Mad Mike Hughes Update. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship, or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. Alright, not really any other news to report, but I did get a voicemail. As you know, if you call... 563-265-1978, you can leave a voicemail for the show, and, uh, you know, as promised, we'll play it on the show. Now, here's the thing. I got this voicemail. I don't know what this is. I don't know who this is. I can't even entirely understand what they're saying. But I, th well, I'll let you listen to it, and then I'll tell you what I think they're saying, or at least what my impression is of what they're saying, um, you know. You may have different thoughts. If you have thoughts about what this voicemail is, give me a call and leave me another voicemail. Or email me at uh, uh, ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Okay, well, here's the voicemail. Bill, 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 if you can hear me, you got to help me. I'm stuck and I'm worried. I'm worried about me. I heard it really. 
Okay. So I think he's saying something about how great it is that I say nice things about E.T., the game, and something about how I'm his only hope, and I gotta help him. I could be totally wrong, because it's really hard to understand what he's saying. I think it was something like that. And here's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing a dude with a three-day beard, dressed as Princess Leia, recording that message, and shoving a CD, or maybe a floppy disk, into R2-D2. That's my impression. Thanks, I guess, for the voicemail. If I'm totally missing that, and it was really some vital piece of information, uh, call back and let me know. Otherwise, yeah, there's a thing that happened on the phone lines. Uh, Again, if you would like to leave a voicemail, hopefully uh, a bit clearer, I would appreciate that. Call 563-265-1978 and uh, do that. All right, well, let's get on to this week's game. This week's game is... Strawberry shortcake with custards on the way. Two joint three dolls who have come here to stay. Each doll with pets sold separately. Hi, I'm a kid with Mother Panda. Meatland tulip with marshmallows. And Cafe LA with burrito. Let's spend a day in the park. Is wise. Pandas like trees. Yeah, ducks like water. Deep girls like shade. And what do cats like? My friends like you. Strawberry shortcake with custard. Almond tea with marzipanda. Mint tulip with marshmallow. And Cafe OLE with burrito. Each sold separately from Kenner. Yes, that's right. This week we're foregoing the uh, Atari games to sit and play with our toys. Next week maybe we'll do He-Man toys. I'm just kidding. Um, We're not going to play with Strawberry Shortcake toys. We're going to play the 1983 Parker Brothers game, Strawberry Shortcake Musical Matchups. And if you hate this already, just remember you're not the one who had to play the game. So this game has uh, quite a long menu, uh, menu, yes, it has a menu. It has quite a long manual for what is essentially an extremely simplistic game. We're told, now a video activity game that's full of lively music, colorful matching, and very fun times. Strawberry Land is all mixed up, thanks to the Purple Pieman, Strawberry Shortcake and her friends, Blueberry Muffin, Lime Chiffon, and Huckleberry Pie. We're going to put on a musical talent show, but the Purple Pieman ruined everything. Bastard. I'm going to add it that part. He didn't want anyone to have any fun, so he cast an evil spell on them. Now everyone has a body that's all mixed up. That's right, kids. It's a game about body issues. Sounds fun, doesn't it? Even the Purple Pieman. Can you put everyone back together the way they're supposed to be? When you do, the Strawberry Land characters will dance for joy. The object of the game is to correctly put together as many Strawberry characters as you can. Put together, by the way, in quotes. Which makes me think that there's a, a mental health subtext to this. You gotta put everyone together. And you gotta deal with their body issues. And uh, a PhD candidate could write a whole thesis on this, I'm pretty sure. Insert the cartridge, turn the switch on, one at a time. Or, you know what, don't turn it on and just go read a book or go outside or something. One at a time, you'll see the five Strawberry Land characters that you want to correctly put together. You'll also see each character's name at the base of the gazebo. Names not shown in the following illustrations, which they hopefully add. Not that you couldn't just look at the pictures. See there in the back? And note that, hey, there's no names in those pictures. So we got Strawberry Shortcake, Huckleberry Pie, Blueberry Muffin, Purple Pieman, Lime Chiffon. Has anybody actually eaten Huckleberry Pie? I know in the old, you know, 50s and 60s Disney movies, they would mention Huckleberry Pie once in a while. Actually, I don't know that that's true. 
but that's my impression. Uh, but has, has anyone ever actually eaten such a pie? Has anyone even seen a huckleberry? I only really have two frames of references for Huckleberry. Uh, Huckleberry Finn, of course, um, classic novel, and comedy bit, a comic bit on Cheers, TV show Cheers, uh, Kids Go Ask Your Parents, where Woody is talking to Sam, and he's going on about how the kids in the neighborhood or his family or something when he was growing up in uh, Hanover, Indiana, um, used to call him Huckleberry. And, and how much he hated it, or something. And Sam goes, uh, "Well, I think I ruined it." He, he says something about how they would they would talk to him. And they would say Huckleberry, and and Sam went, "You know, oh, is that your was that your nickname?" And Woody goes, "No, nah, I just hate to be called Huckleberry. I wish I could remember how that joke gets set up because it's a lot funnier." Uh, you know what? Just go find Cheers on Netflix and watch every single season until you find that joke, and then laugh, and then. Email me to tell me how much you laughed. Anyway, getting back to the game. Using the joystick for this one. Use the joystick to choose the head, body, and legs for each character. Move the joystick up, to, up or down to choose which body part of which part of the body you want to move first. Each time you move the controller up or down, a vertical indicator line will move up or down each side of the character. This indicates the part, head, body, or legs that you'll try to find. Move the joystick left or right to see each of the choices you have for that particular part of the body. When you've selected a head, body, and legs that you think are correct, press the red button. There are different games. The One Berry game features a mixed-up character who appears on the screen. You use the joystick to put together a Strawberry Land character that you think is correct. When you've selected a head, body, and legs that you think are correct, press the red button. If you're right, you'll see the character's name at the base of the gazebo. You'll also hear the character's talent show tune and see his or her legs dance to the music. When the music and dance end, you'll see another mixed-up character that needs to be correctly put together. That's right, folks. It never ends. If you're wrong, you'll hear a mixed-up tune that's made up of a bit of the tune up for each character's part you've selected. For example, if you have the purple pieman's head with strawberry shortcake's body and lime chiffon's legs, you'll have Frankenstein. Not really. You'll hear a tune that has a little bit of the purple pieman's tune, strawberry shortcake's tune, and lime chiffon's tune. Madness, I tell you. You'll also see the character's legs dance to the music, but you won't see a name below the character you've assembled. When the music and dancing end, you'll see the same character for you to correctly put together. In the two-berry game, you have a mixed-up character will appear on the screen. A character's name will appear at the base. Use the joystick to put together the Strawberry Land character whose name now appears on the screen. When you think you've correctly put together that character, press the red button. If you're right, you'll see the character's name and watch the character dance to his or her tune. Play continues with another mixed-up character and name. If you're wrong, you'll watch the character dance to a mixed-up tune. Then the same character will stay on the screen and curse you for you to correctly put together. The character's name will disappear, so you must remember the name you just drew, you just saw, which is a drag because I'm trying to forget this game already. In the three-berry game, you get a mixed-up character appears on the screen, a character's name appears at the base of the gazebo, a sun appears at the top left of the screen. This is the timer. Use the joystick to put together the Strawberry Land character whose name now appears on the screen, but before the sun timer moves all the way across the sky to the top right side of the screen. When you think you've correctly put together that character, press the red button, the sun timer will stop. If you're right, you see the character's name and watch the character dance. Play continues with another mixed up character and name with the sun timer at the top left of the screen. If you're wrong, 
the sun goes supernova and incinerates everyone. Uh, oh, wait, sorry. You actually watch the character dance to a mixed-up tune. Then the same character stays on the screen for you to correctly put together in this time left on the sun timer. The character's name will disappear, so you must remember the name you just saw. If you don't correctly put together this char the character before the time's up, the sky, the sky darkens, and the forces of evil rain down upon you. Oh, wait, actually the game just ends. Uh, the Strawberry Land characters appear one at a time on the screen. To play again at the same game, press Game Reset. Oh, hold on folks, I just realized there's a Fourberry game. What? I know. Mixed up character appears on the screen, character's name appears at the base of the gazebo, sun appears at the top left of the screen, which is the timer, and you play the game the same as you did the Threeberry game, but wait for it. The timer in this game is much faster. Holy crap. Oh my god. I should have read this manual beforehand. In the Fiveberry game, mixed up character appears on the screen, character's tune plays at the beginning of the game, sun appears at the top left of the screen, which is the timer. Use the joystick to put together the characters, tune you just heard, but before the sun timer moves all the way across the sky to the top right side of the screen. Uh, when you think you correctly put together the character, you press the red button. And if you're right, the character, you see the character's name, character dances, get another character. If you're wrong, you watch the character dance uh, to the tune, but you won't see the correct character's name appear at the base of the gazebo. Then the incorrect character will stay on the screen for you to correctly put together in the time you have left. If you don't correctly put together the character before the time is up, the sky will darken and the game will end. The Strawberry Land characters will appear one at a time on the screen. To play again, uh, press the reset. And then you have the Sixberry game. Come on, this is, this is just getting insane. I think this is the last one. Mixed up character appears on the screen. Character's tune plays at the beginning of the game. Sun appears at the top left of the screen, which is the timer. Play the game is the same as you did the Fiveberry game. Timer is much faster, still, I guess. Uh, you continue playing at the game number you've selected for as long as you'd like to play. To play another number, press down the game select switch and choose the berry game number you want. Okay, I don't get what's different about six. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I need some kid from the 80s to explain it to me. And that is how you play, should you choose to do so, Strawberry Shortcake Musical Matchups. Mashups. What was it? Musical matchups. Yeah, yeah. All right. Strawberry Shortcake herself, of course, was huge in the 80s. I was a little bit old for Strawberry Shortcake by then. Uh, it's not something that would have appealed to me even when I was younger, although I will admit um, I had a, a brief Smurfs thing when they were big the first time around, but I was never into Strawberry Shortcake. Um, again, I was probably a little bit old and uh, not to not to gender stereotype toys, but um, this I was I was big on action figures, um, but I would not probably have gone looking for strawberry shortcake. But lots and lots and lots of people did. Strawberry shortcake herself was a cartoon character originally used in greeting cards, later expanded to dolls, posters, and other products, including a toy line of her friends and pets. There were television specials, anime television series, and films. I don't remember the films. Uh, currently, at least according to this Wikipedia article, I don't know when this was updated, but the franchise supposedly is currently owned by the Canadian children's television company DHX Media, an American brand management company, Iconics Brand Group, through the holding company Shortcakes IP Holdings, LLC. 
first appeared in 1979. Even then, I was probably a little old for this. Uh, created by Muriel Farian, if I'm saying that right. Farian? Uh, gender, female. I don't know why that's in here, but all right. The original design was created in the late 70s by Muriel Farian during her time at Reading Card Illustrator uh, American Readings. She designed subsequent 32 characters for a, something called Those Characters from Cleveland, American Readings Toy and Licensing Design Division. In 79, Kenner Products licensed the character and released the first strawberry shortcake doll, and at that time she kind of looked more like a rag doll, complete with freckles, a mop of red yarn curls, and a bonnet with strawberry prints on it. Cindy Meyer Patton and Janet Jones designed the other late characters of the Strawberry Shortcake line. Lynn Edwards was the editor of, of, editor of the line and developed the characters in storyline. First doll was a rag doll designed by Muriel Farian and created by Susan Trentel, her sister. Each character had their own fruit or dessert-themed name with clothing to match, and they each had a dessert or fruit-named pet. Like the Strawberry Shortcake doll and the other characters' dolls had hair scented to match their dessert theme. They lived and played in a magical world known as Strawberry Land. In the 80s, she became really popular with young girls, and there were many related products, including sticker albums, clothing, video games, obviously, and numerous other products, TV specials between 80 and 85, uh, but by 85, the character's popularity had waned, and Tanner produced no new toys. Oh, and there were also Christmas ornaments. In 1991, THQ tried to revive the franchise by producing an updated line of Strawberry Shortcake dolls. Strawberry and five of her classic friends each got a makeover with new clothes, hair, and eyes. But it was only, at best, a modest success, lasting only a year. In 2002, the franchise was revived again with a revamped look by a different designer. Many licensing deals were made, television series with new home video releases were produced, soundtracks for the episode were released. Bandai, along with Kelly Toy, was granted, were, uh, was granted manufacturing rights of the Strawberry Shortcake dolls and toys. For the first time in almost two decades, new video games were launched, produced by The Game Factory for Nintendo's Game Boy Advance and Nintendo DS. Educational CD-ROMs for the PC were also produced. If anyone's ever played any of those, let me know. In 2006, Playmates Toys picked up the rights to manufacture and sell strawberry shortcake figurines uh, in a line produced uh, called A World of Friends. A full-length feature film, Strawberry Shortcake, The Sweet Dreams Movie, premiered in 2006 on DVD in 2007. Playmates Toys lost the manufacturing rights to Hasbro, who began releasing new Strawberry Shortcake-themed toys beginning in 2009 after American Greetings rebooted the franchise. Hasbro then lost the manufacturing rights to The Bridge Direct in early 2014. In February 2015, Iconics brand group acquired the rights to Strawberry Shortcake from American Greetings for $105 million. In May 2007, DHX Media announced that it would acquire Iconics Entertainment brands including Strawberry Shortcake and Majority Ownership of Peanuts, which, if you listen to my other show, it's a podcast, Charlie Brown, I talked about. That was a subtle plug for my other show. They got Strawberry Shortcake for $345 million, and that deal was finalized June 30th, 19, or 2017. In May 2018, DHX Media and its subsidiary Wild Brain debuted a new 2D reboot of Strawberry Shortcake on YouTube and YouTube TV. This reboot features Allison Lee Rosenfeld, as Strawberry Shortcake, Amanda Barter as Orange Blossom, Dylan Jones as the Purple Pieman, Kaylin Lee Clinton as Raisin Cane, <laughs> that's the only name I like, and Lori Himes as Sour Grapes. Apparently there is a, another, I'm drawing, a, another fifth variation in the works. 
uh, with DHX Media and Iconics Brand Group with no uh, release date announced, at least according to this Wikipedia article. I mentioned the Game Boy Advance game. There's also a game for this PlayStation 2, Nintendo DS, PC, and Mac. A standalone plug-and-play game based on Konami's Dance Dance Revolution franchise was also produced. In addition, mobile apps for the iOS and Android platforms have been released. Ooh, controversy. There was some sort of a parody in 2003. Webcomic Penny Arcade posted an, quote, advertisement for an imaginary computer game, American McGee, American McGee's Strawberry Shortcake, a parody of the actual computer game American McGee's Alice, twist and violent take on Lewis Carroll's works. American Greetings issued a cease and desist order, which the authors begrudgingly complied with. The Strawberry Shortcake game, musical matchups, has its own wiki as well, strawberryshortcake.fandom.com, where the uh, plot is summarized, there are some uh, screenshots, the game was programmed according to the wiki by Don Stockbridge, who also did work on a port of Frauder for the Atari 8-bit, 8-bit, among other things. This was the only Strawberry Shortcake game to be released during the 80s. We already talked about that. It wasn't until the release of Strawberry Shortcake, Amazing Cookie Party, that subsequent games based on the series were made for various platforms. A MESS, M-E-S-S, emulation of musical matchups was published on the Internet Archive, as a playable browser game, which was later featured on the official Strawberry Shortcake YouTube page in a throwback video. There are two comments to this post. One, from 2016, I love this game! And the other, in response to that, in 2017, Whoa, that's an old game. Alright, well with that scintillating analysis, let's look at some reviews. Our friends at Atari HQ wrote... That Parker Brothers came up with this game during the latter pre-crash days of the 2600's life in an effort, perhaps, to successfully bridge the gap between the often dry educational game fair and the just-for-fun formats. They rehashed the, uh, the object of the game. The element of sound is incorporated mostly effectively in the game, in which sound and visuals work together for the benefit of the player. The game has very good sound treatment that's quite sophisticated as well. Graphics are also very nicely done. Character definition is exquisite. Strawberry and her friends, as well as her enemy, Purple Pieman, are distinctively outfitted. I'm not a child anymore, according to the article, although my wife would beg to differ, and I'm certainly not a female player. That said, I think Parker Brothers did a great job on this game. In fact, even some of the more <coughs> mature gamers had to work a while at getting the characters together. Overall, kids will probably love it, and it was about time that there was such a game for such an audience. I'm going to take issue with kids will probably love it. My kids are, are way too old to get into this game, I think. I think this is clearly aimed at the preschool set. But I'm not sure my kids would even have liked it when they were preschoolers. Of course, this is in the 21st century. I'm not even sure that it would have held kids as atten- kids's? the attention of kids in the early 80s when it came out. I think kids would have been drawn to it because of the novelty of that era of being able to play games on a on a screen, which was still a relatively new thing at that point. But I don't. I still think they would have been like, yeah, okay, that's fun. But within like five minutes or ten minutes, they would have been done with it. But yeah, I could be wrong. I don't know. I also read a review on GameCola.net, somewhat less positive than Atari HQ. To wit, here's how the review opens. Ever play a game that just makes you want to take a scalding shower to wash away the horrid experience? If you haven't, Strawberry Shortcake musical matchups will make you. 
They point out that uh, the game is simplistic and wows the little kitties, so it works. The controls themselves are good and simple and consist of up and down to choose the selection of the body part you want to match and left and right to select the correct character place. Once the mundane task is done, you can press the fire button and listen to some quality music that could make a deaf man wince. The harder modes force you to match character parts after hearing their theme song. It's a nice attempt, but fall, fail significantly short, fall significantly short of interesting. The characters themselves are pretty detailed and nicely colored, but the offensive green hillside background is overbearing. The only animation is a pair of goofy dancing legs and the sun moving across the screen. I don't find it enough for an Atari game. The sound is craptastic. The music itself isn't bad, but the sound is too squelchy and some of the tones are ear-piercing. There are many creative elements that are instantly destroyed by poor execution. I suggest playing this for a laugh or using it as a way to keep a little brat busy, but don't waste your precious time with this glorified sound test. Alright, well after the break, is this game easy as pie? Or, well, it's a game about an annoying children's character, so let's hope it's at least mercifully short cake. Wow, I'm in a really good mood today. Everything's going great. I feel good. I feel positive. What could I do to bring that down? What could I do to annoy myself, to be, to become irritated, to really just kind of level out that great mood I'm in? Something that would... It has to be something that's so sweet, so saccharine, so cloying, so squeaky clean that it makes me use words like cloying. Oh, what could, what could I... Oh, I know. All right, we're playing Strawberry Shortcake Musical Mashups. Yeah, that's what we're doing. All right, well, our first runner-up, our first contestant, our first victim, I don't know. There's sort of a Frankenstein thing going on here, I guess, with the different body parts being put together. Uh, so first we've got... Purple Pieman. He's our puzzle. I cannot wait to see if we can solve this one. I am playing on game three with the timer. Uh, the timer being the sun traveling across the sky. Gives it sort of a, a, a spiritual feel, doesn't it? The strawberry beings shall be reassembled before the sun goes over the horizon. Or something. I don't know. Let's just do this thing. Wait, Huckleberry... Oh, okay. It's just giving me the options. Huckleberry pie, blueberry muffin, strawberry shortcake, lime chiffon. All right, let's do it. Strawberry shortcake is our first victim. This does not look anything like strawberry shortcake. It's a mystery. What am I going to do? All right, I'm starting with the torso. I pressed the button by mistake. Okay, so I guess that means we're ready to start. That's, uh, that's the dude's torso. That looks like Strawberry's shirt. Dress thing. Oops, wait. Now it's Lime Chiffon. What is going on here? Now I'm doing Purple Pieman. I'm very, very confused. And already kind of annoyed. I know that's not the Purple Pieman. Why are you letting me do things? Lime chiffon. 
that's her. Alright, I got this one. Boom, y'all. Lime chiffon for everyone. Make it rain pastry. Alright, blueberry muffin is our victim. I mean, our puzzle now. I think that's his lights. Uh, wait. Is that his torso? I'm spending way more time thinking about these characters than I would like. No, I think that's Huckleberry. What's his face? Oh, my timer ran out. Oh no! Should I do this again? You know what? No, I'm not going to do it again. I'm pulling the plug on Strawberry Shortcake. You are dead to me. Back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games, which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. So here's the thing about Strawberry Shortcake musical matchups. This game is clearly not for a 21st century 40-something dude. But as I mentioned before, I'm not even sure that it was really for uh, a preschool kid in the early 80s. I mean, it was, but I don't know how much they would get out of it. It feels like a little bit of a strawberry shortcake cash grab. To be fair, a lot of these tie-in games with characters on TV or in cartoons or whatever, that's really what they are. There are obviously exceptions to that. But a lot of what you get when you get these tie-in games, it feels like is, you know, not necessarily a great product, but one that people will buy because they they recognize the name, whether it's Bugs Bunny or Strawberry Shortcake or The Simpsons or whatever. And again, there are obviously notable exceptions. So you don't need to at me about that. But, uh, but I feel like this was one of those times. Um, maybe if you're like four, maybe you get into this, but I don't think even more than a few minutes worth. So, that's my two cents. It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. This week's story is titled Untitled Strawberry Shortcake Story because I can't think of a title right now. Filming finally wrapped on the championship round of popular baking show I'll Cut You for a Cupcake. The winner left with the trophy. The losers left with medical bills. The Stuff Your Face Channel stagehand turned out the lights on the soundstage. Only the lights over the kitchen set remained, remained lit. An intern would be in later to clean up and probably take the rest of the baked goods home so that she could eat tonight. An unpaid internship in New York City wasn't as glamorous as it sounds. Still, there was a lot of food here. The stagehand scratched thoughtfully at a bit of hairy belly peeking out from underneath his Stuff Your Face Channel t-shirt that he had to pay for himself. 
Those baked goods looked really good. The intern couldn't eat all of them, could she? Maybe he'd nibble just one. But which? They all look good. Strawberry shortcake with real strawberries. Blueberry muffins. Confusing because blueberries look purple, not blue, but are still tasty. Lime chiffon, whatever that is, and even huckleberry pie. He hadn't seen huckleberry pie since before his grandma went to the federal pen. How would he decide? Why not dry them all? A high-pitched voice coaxed. The stagehand whirled around as if caught in the act, like that day in the men's room with the French silk. Who's there? He said. We're all yum, 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 alicious, the voice said. Aren't we? A trio of other voices chanted, Delicious. Do you like death by chocolate? The first voice said. Sure, the stagehand stammered, panicking a little. Well, that's nothing compared to sex by strawberry, the voice said. Go ahead, lick me. Okay, so most people would run, but the stagehand, well, he had issues. And the strawberry shortcake looked amazing. So he licked some of the whipped cream on the biscuit. Then he licked some more, and some more. He couldn't stop. The shortcake giggled the whole time, but at one point he glanced up and the muffin, the chiffon, the pie, they'd all moved. They were next to him now. They seemed to be watching. That's it, the shortcake hissed. The remaining lights in the studio flickered. Perhaps the studio lights were hot because a puddle of blueberry juice pooled around the muffin. This was a little odd. The purple tongue that flicked out from within the muffin was even more odd, lapping at the lime chiffon pie. What the hell? The stagehand muttered, mouth full of cake. Mouth full of shortcake. He needn't have worried. The huckleberry pie screamed as it shed its crust like a chrysalis, slime-drenched rage in pie form, slamming the muffin and chiffon away from each other with green-tinted claws. All three laughed like pirates roughhousing in the saloon. The stagehand bit down hard on a rock-like strawberry. He dropped the shortcake with a splat on the counter and spat blood as two teeth clicked on the counter next to the plate. He backed away slowly, too petrified to run. The cream on the shortcake curdled and swirled, forming itself into a ghostly face. Where you going, Tom? The stagehand's name was Tom. Time for seconds. Sadly not for you, though. I'm still feeling a bit peckish. That intern didn't fill me up. Massive jaws with strawberry teeth pushed through the shortcake. The jaw unhinged. The stagehand screamed. Commercial break. In the adjoining soundstage, Simon Pyman sipped iced coffee from a prominently displayed cup with the sponsor's logo and waited for the commercial break to end, passing the time by counting his chest hairs again. One seemed to be missing. This was worrisome. He smoothed the lapels on his shiny purple jacket and tried to press on. The singers on tonight's episode of Extreme Idolatry had been dreadful, so this wasn't easy. The show resumed and the octo-host brought the next singer out. The dude, Carl, wore the entire Roy G. Biv Skittles bag from head to toe with a full-body stocking. He warbled through a rendition of Cherry Pie that left the judges weeping. You, Simon Pyman started, his voice breaking, you are what this show is all about. The tears flowed easily. Thankfully, Carl was the last contestant, and his Skittle rainbowness was ushered back on stage by the octo-host. With his other seven arms, the octo-host brought out the other contestants. They were Angela in gold sequins, Sebastian in camouflage, 
Winston, in an outfit that incorporated the look of all the village people at once, because he'd done a one-man YMCA, Darcy wearing denim, Bob in a clown costume, Monique wearing a gorilla suit, and Evan, who was super naked. Strawberry Shortcake, the Blueberry, the blueberry Muffin, Lime Chiffon, and Huckleberry Pie oozed under the soundstage door and reconstituted themselves into the sugary abominations they were, spitting bloody bits of Tom, the stagehand, as they made their way toward the stage. Pieman! Strawberry Shortcake shrieked. Don't flake on me, you crusty so-and-so. Turn over yourself. The octahost scurried over to the edge of the stage. This is a closed set. We're recording. All of the pastry demons bared fangs. In a flash, the octahost was a septuple host. He tried desperately to crawl away, but then Huckleberry rendered him into a quad host. The host could still have gotten away, if slowly, except Huckleberry dealt the final blow and turned the octahost into a nothing host. On the extreme idolatry judge's desk was a big red button that was supposed to be used to drop a buttload of confetti on the winner each episode, but had been disconnected since Wendell won after singing Copacabana and trapped his pants from the shock of all the paper raining down. Strawberry Shortcake, though, wasn't concerned the wiring was missing from the button. She oozed her way up the side of the judge's desk and sat facing Simon Pyman, who only smirked at her in disdain, which was kind of his default look. Sorry, Simon! Strawberry said in her cheeriest voice. You've been preempted. Then she wet-smacked a creamy appendage down on the button. But instead of confetti, a hot wind swirled around the contestants on stage. They seemed to blur and swirl in front of the cameras. Their bodies became one and separated again, each wearing a different outfit, or portion thereof. Angela had the gold sequins up top, but now wore the camouflage pants. Sebastian was resplendent in gold mask and nothing else, except Bob's right arm. The pieman realized now that his contestants weren't just swapping costumes. They were swapping body parts. Arms, legs, tushies, flying fast and free. There was no way to tell who was who anymore. What have you done? The pieman asked. Got you canceled, Strawberry said. Showbiz is rough. The pieman took a sip from his sponsor's cup. You know, Strawberry, he said, gesturing with the cup. This wasn't our only sponsor. Oh? Strawberry said. The pieman held a purple umbrella over his head. Nope, he said, and snapped his fingers. The roof of the studio slid open. Strawberry, Blueberry, and Huckleberry blinked into the newfound sunlight. Lime Chiffon just hid behind them. It didn't help. A helicopter swooped by, dumping gallons of insulin on the extreme idolatry soundstage, neutralizing the sugar in Strawberry Shortcake and the other pastry predators. The pieman stepped through puddles of pie filling and looked into the camera, which was still running. With a wink, he said, Strawberry Shortcake, Meta Pieman, going to the TV studio. Says Strawberry to the Pieman, You are a fool, you know. Says Pieman to Strawberry, Show me first your power. Says Strawberry to the Pieman, Indeed, I am quite sour. Strawberry went a-hunting for something that would, for something that would to Pieman's power be blunting. But Strawberry one thing forgot. Contestants come and go a lot, but sponsors are always true. And so we bid you all adieu. Then the network aired a Law and Order rerun. And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Mike Mann for his Mad Mike Hughes update theme. Thanks also to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. You can find Atari Bytes on many podcatchers, which you have figured out by now because you're listening to it. 
Those include Stitcher, iHeartRadio, um, Google Play Music, I guess. Uh, lots and lots and lots of other ones. But you know what? Make sure wherever you go to listen, leave a golden, flaky, crusted apple turnover of a review on Apple Podcasts. Because it helps, much like a, a fine loaf of bread rises, leaving those reviews helps the dough that is this podcast rise to the top of the Apple Podcast oven where it can be enjoyed by many other listeners. Something. And now you can call the show, much like that strange caller we had at the top of the show. Leave us a voicemail about any damn thing you want at 563-265-1978. You can also support the show financially at the Atari Bytes Patreon page, or by picking up Atari Bytes merchandise at Zazzle.com. And as always, I'm still looking for ideas for things you would like to see in the merchandise store. The website is ataribytes.lipson.com. You can find episodes there, show notes, um, links to social media, all of that sort of stuff. You can email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. You can like the Atari Bytes Facebook page. You can follow the show Atari Bytes on Twitter at Atari Bytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. I'm also occasionally on Instagram. Don't forget to check out my other show. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown, for all, all your Peanuts gang needs. Seriously, anything related to the Peanuts universe. The comic strips, the TV shows, the movies, the merchandise, the mind of Charles Schultz himself. Other projects even sort of kind of connected to Peanuts. We cover it all over there at that show once a month on the 15th. Do yourself a favor and go listen to that or for your friends who are rabid snoopy freaks and you know you have some point them towards this show next time on atari bites dark cavern they could just light a match or something and then it wouldn't be so dark but i guess somewhat illuminated cavern doesn't quite roll off the tongue as well as dark cavern i don't know we'll consider that in many more questions on our next episode So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.